0: This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this week to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hello, Welcome to On Leafs Podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. Hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing and following along with the podcast. Hit that follow slash subscribe button. Leave a radio review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. Uh, gonna keep this one a little bit short, uh, shorter today. Uh, but we do have a couple of newsy items. Jason Spezza signing back with the Maple Leafs. I think we all expected that to happen, but I'll explain uh, explain what Spezza had to say and 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 what the deal is going to be. And look, there's been some vitriol being thrown. Not really vitriol, but like the the. The narrative around Zach Hyman is really starting to change at this point. And I kind of want to talk through it and figure out why that is. So um, we'll have a discussion about Zach Hyman and whether or not um, the Maple Leafs are going to bring him back or if he skated his last Game with Toronto, uh, along with Spezza's, and then uh, if we have some time at the end, just talk a little bit about what's going on around the league. Talk a little bit about um, the the Stanley Cup playoffs, and you know what the what the Habs have been able to do since since eliminating us in uh, in round one. But let's start with Jason Spezza. So signing a one year seven hundred fifty thousand dollar contract, league minimum. So he signed for league min, <laughs> and. This was the most money quote I think I possibly could have ever asked for. Yeah, I know where the team's at uh, with with the cap and everything, and I'll be honest, all I care about is playing on a good team and just trying to win. So if I could take less, I would. Um, You know, I'm just—I love playing the game. I love the—I love competing. Um, The chase of a cup is at the forefront of my mind, you know, daily. And uh, anything I can do to kind of help the team acquire better players, that's that's kind of why I, I just take league minimum and want to move forward. So um, it's been a few years now, so I don't think it's a story anymore, but it's uh, something that I just want to play on a good team, and I feel like anything I can do to help that uh, is great. That is the best thing I've ever heard somebody say. We always say, like as kids or as fans growing up, it's like, oh, they're so lucky. They get to play hockey and, you know, oh, they they, they – Hem and Ha, and they fight over you know millions of dollars. I'd do this for free. basically that's what spets says like look, they won't let me play for free. I have to play for a league minimum seven hundred fifty thousand. but basically he's like, I would play for free. I would take less if I could because he knows how up against this up against the cap the team is, and if they could get that extra three quarters of a million dollars, he knows that that could go a long way to helping with this group to help him build a contender. So, you know, that's just, that, that's Jason Spezza, man. Absolutely uh, just a gamer. Like, su- super, super glad that he's going to be back with the Buds. Um, I had no doubts that he wouldn't be. If, if, if The only way that he wouldn't be back is if he decided to retire. Because then Toronto definitely wanted to bring him back. And if he wanted to be back, he was going to be. And it looks like that is the case. Um, 30 points away from 1,000. 30 points away from 1,000. You think that played a factor in him returning for another season cuz I certainly do. You know, Svet'a definitely a guy who I think is is going to want to get to that number and he was one of the most probably I would say of all the Maple Leafs this season outside of Jack Campbell. So it's like we're we're talking forwards here. Probably the most surprising player? I mean, some would say like Austin Matthews winning a rocket like was surprising. It wasn't to me because I thought he was that good. I knew he was that good. I thought I, I put money that he was going to win the Rocket. Then, so I know he was going like to lap the field the way he did? Maybe not. Maybe he exceeded a little bit of expectation that way. But I still knew that he was going to be a phenomenal goal scorer and put up a whole bunch of points and be in, in the conversation. Jason Spezza, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that Spezza was going to be... Um, you know, a depth forward is going to play 10, 11, 12 minutes a game, yet still be top three productive players in the league based on points per 60. I would have called you mad. Third in the NHL for points per 60 with uh, 3.11 points per 60. Third most productive player. Man, like that, that that's something that the Leafs are going to need. You know, and, and Spezza played great in the playoffs. He's someone can go up and down your lineup. He's it, Spezza was just, this was a, a foregone conclusion that they wanted him back. He wanted to come back, and they were able to get a deal done. The question is now, there's like a bunch of other guys that need contracts. And just before we get to the Hyman conversation, I suppose, now that you signed Spezza, one of your other older players, are you going to also go ahead and try and engage in conversation with the other old guys, you know, Wayne Simmons and, and uh, Joe Thornton, or no? And I, I hope they don't. I, I don't think, I, I think bringing back one of those guys was really all that they could afford. Um, and Jason Spezza was definitely the dude to bring back, if you ask me. Uh, you know, Wayne Simmons, he's a UFA, made $1.5 million. I do don't think he's going to make that much money. Probably would also command somewhere in the neighborhood that Spetsa did, to be honest, a million, under a million dollars himself. Uh, Joe Thornton, I, I, he might be done. If not, probably just go back to San Jose, who's not competing, and they could just bring him in if he just wants to keep playing hockey. Uh, but I, I don't think that he comes back to the Leafs. So uh, I think that there's going to be quite uh, quite a bit of turnover on this team. You know, bringing back Spetsa is going to be big. Uh, he's obviously a great guy to have on the bench in the locker room, he can play your special teams on the power play a little bit if need be, and he's just going to go out there and give you 10 minutes of solid hockey one of the most productive 10 minutes of hockey that anybody was giving this year in the NHL, right? So, uh, really excited to have Jason Spetson back in the fold Um, and, and to me, I think that that would signal that a guy like Simmons and a guy like Joe Thornton probably not going to return, and they're most likely going to go for a little bit more youth um, than they did a year ago. I think they they decided to go with the oldies and and like Kyle Dubas kind of said at his end of year press conference last season, they went more for the older players who were hungry, who hadn't won yet, and thought that the hungriness of trying to win would be able to put them uh, up and uh, to put them over the hump, right? Allow them to give them that killer instinct because they haven't yet won, but they're approaching the end of their careers that didn't really get it done this year, right? So I think now you look, maybe they'll try and get some other players that have one and uh, and some younger guys too. So we'll take a quick break and we'll get to the other guy who I think uh, most mostly fans are hoping that they bring back. But it's not sounding likely at this point if you listen to a lot of talking heads and I'll explain why and the man is is obviously Zach Hyman so we'll take a quick break and we get back we'll uh we'll talk about the changing narrative in Zach Hyman and why it's looking less and less likely like he'll return to Toronto so stay tuned we'll chat about that on the other side here on the Lockdown Lease podcast. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms for the Locked On Leafs once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to right here every day on Locked On Leafs. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join the conversations about the league, about about the NHL and about the Maple Leafs first and foremost. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, pre-game breakdowns, and of course reacting to the biggest news and rumors. Go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS systems. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. You can follow me as well at Leaves or at Mike underscore DeStefano to be notified when my room goes live i know you won't want to miss it i'm planning to be there live every single week at least once a week we'll be doing one of these bad boys i can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the leafs i'll see you there locker room changing the way we talk sports built bar is the best tasting protein bar ever did you know that the built bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time only right now They've got grasshopper cookie. It is phenomenal. And when you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about all of their favorites. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. You got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. And know this, my favorite flavor, the peanut butter brownie. It Is fantastic. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors that we provide. And not only are the Bilt Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. They're great for the health conscious guy or gal, but also good for the keto diet. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net Carbs, order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like and get it now. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code locked15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Welcome back to the Locked On these podcast. Mike stefano the host of this show. Um, so, Zach Hyman, the man of the hour that we're going to be chatting about right now in this quick segment here. Uh, Pending UFA, Zach Hyman made $2.25 million just a season ago and is definitely due for an increase, like 100% due for an increase. Last year, he had 21 goals, 37 points in 51 games. This year, 15 goals, 33 points in 43 games, um, playing up on the top line with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner for most of the season and really being like that puck retriever to allow those guys to do what they do best and you could tell like in the playoffs I think a a big reason why that line wasn't as successful is because Hyman was not 100% like he still was dealing with that knee injury he wasn't as tenacious on the puck as he was you know mid-season when he was really really good um going and and His motor was running real hot. Um, Just wasn't able to to get it going because of that knee problem that was persisting, uh, you know, late in the year and continued through into the playoffs. And because of that, I think that their offense kind of dried up that line. But I don't. I still think that Zach Hyman is an extremely integral and important piece to the puzzle here in Toronto. And as of late, um. There's been a lot of conversation about whether or not the lease will actually be able to bring him back. Like it was kind of a conversation and a foregone conclusion earlier that it was like, Yeah, this he is he, he almost irreplaceable for Toronto, the, the style of hockey that he plays. He's a Toronto boy. He'll be willing to take a discount. And it's it's now as we get closer, we're hearing that maybe he's not going to be willing to take a discount. You know, I talked about this about a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago, how we shouldn't just assume that because he's a Toronto boy that he's going to be willing to take a discount. He's got to do what's best for him and his family. This is going to be his last chance to really cash in. You know, like he's not... He's not a young guy anymore. He's 29 years old. Like, this is going to be it. Signs a four or five year deal. It's going to be the only deal of any magnitude because he was making 2.25 the rest of his career. You know, so if he has a chance to make five, six million per for the next four or five years and he can sign that elsewhere and get more money, I think that he has a legitimate, um, uh, there's a legitimate chance that he, he seriously looks into doing that. And. The numbers that are being thrown out now by guys like Pierre LeBron and James Myrtle and these, you know, kind of plugged in dudes is is that he's looking in the five and a half and externally they're thinking that his market could be upwards of six million per season on the open market, which makes a lot of sense when you look at what he can do. You know, us here in Toronto... We really know, I think, more than most fan bases what he's worth. So, if you ask a lot of fans of other teams, they will think that you're absolutely crazy. Like, I guarantee you, if he ends up signing, uh, we'll say like in in Florida or he signs in in Carolina or something like that, they're not going to be happy that they signed this guy for for six million bucks. And then they'll see him play and be like, "Oh, I didn't realize that he was that good, huh? Okay, cool." Kind of like how us at the beginning of the year you know I'll be honest t j Brody when he signed his contract I wasn't like oh my god that is a bargain this is awesome I was like okay that makes that that's like roughly i guess what he's worth uh maybe a little bit longer on the term uh we'll see how this pans out and it was great why because we're not so i, I you know as plugged into to to uh Calgary and I just wasn't aware, I guess. I wasn't as educated in a guy like TJ Brody and how good he is and what he can do and how he can help the club. And then once he got into the system, he 100% earned that contract and more. And I feel like Zach Hyman, you're going to have a lot of fan bases thinking the same thing. Um, But the GMs know. And that's where I'm getting Like The GMs know. The coaches know that Zach Hyman is a big-time player in this league. He's no longer that fourth-line Grinder that Mike Babcock plucked out of college many, many moons ago. Like, he is a legitimate top six NHLer. He could score goals, he could forecheck, he could backcheck, kills penalties. He's gone coast to coast a few times now. He goes to the net. He knows he's very smart, he knows where to be, and he's an energy guy. And he's kind of the straw that stirs the drink a lot of the nights. He has been in Toronto at the very least. So that's all going to cost money. Those are all intangibles that are expensive. And I'm not sure that the $4.5 million that I think a lot of fans are, are hoping that he signs this, this year, signs to, to stay in Toronto, is going to happen. There's just too much money available for him elsewhere. And at that point, you got to weigh it out. It's like, okay, well, they might be able to stretch it to five, but can they go past that? You know, if he if they get into a bidding war with with Edmonton or with Florida or or any other team out there that's looking to bring in, you know, a top six guy, an energy energetic guy like a Zach Hyman, are they going to be able to compete with that? Lou Amorello, I'm sure, would absolutely love to bring in Zach Hyman. That's a, that'd be a Barry Trotz guy through and through, right? The way that we're seeing the Islanders play right now, Hyman would be great for them. And if they're willing to give him five and a half, maybe upwards of six million, 5.75 ish, which is, I mean, you look at at who's making that. Josh Anderson signed that deal a year ago. I would say that that's roughly probably the market of what he's worth. Like if Anderson's making 5.75, I think Hyman is definitely worth that. And I think he would get that on the open market. And if that's the case, it's becoming less and less likely that Toronto is going to be able to compete for his services. So, as much as I believe that Zach Hyman is a massive piece of this team, um, it is becoming a little less likely that he returns. And I, I've always said this. Right from when the season kinda of started to midseason to the end, I've always thought that five and a half million was about the sweet spot and with you know the pandemic hitting, a flat cap system, it's just gonna be so difficult for Toronto to retain Hyman after the the couple of seasons that he had to end off his contract. It's just gonna to be too tough. I hope that it happens. There is nothing more I would like than for the Leafs to, to toss out. Hyman, Matthews, and Marner to start out Game 1 next season in Toronto. Nothing more I'd want because that was a fantastic, fantastic top line. They did wonders this season. But I'm not too sure they'll be able to compete. I think there's other, other teams out there that see the value, not only on the ice but off the ice, of a guy like Zach Hyman. A guy who you could probably win with, and they'll be willing to pay him the big bucks. And he's got to think about it. I'm, I'm almost thinking that, if you guys recall, I talked about this about a week ago, there was a report that Zach Hyman declined a $5 million contract. And uh, his agent came out and said, "No, that's not true. Um, We've never been formally offered a contract. That is a, a false report." And it's interesting when reports like that get leaked out. You always wonder, okay, well, is this like who's the leak? First of all, that leaked that out to the media, and second of all, uh, you know who did it come from, and what does it mean? If it can't, it clearly didn't come from Hyman's side clearly, which makes me believe that maybe this was a form of the Maple Leafs trying to negotiate in public and saying that, yeah, he declined a $5 million contract. Because it seems like since that report, people have already been kind of pushing Hyman out with the understanding that it's going to cost them more than the $5 million that they reportedly offered. And... You know, Leafs Nation is smart. You guys are smart. I mean, you listen to a a Maple Leaf centric podcast every day for thirty minutes. You know, you guys are are the one percent of one percent of diehard hockey fans who talk about this, care about this, think about this on a daily basis, like myself. So when you hear those comments, I think that's when the narrative shifted from. Yeah, I believe Hyman is a, is a good Toronto kid. He's going to return, take a hometown discount, and then when that report came out, it seems like things changed, and Hyman became the villain. And now, it seems like Toronto is more willing to move on from him and and push him away. Like the Leaf fans are, are are already saying, "Well, five and a half can't do it. Not going to be able to do it." You know, they're not saying move sun and moon to make it happen. You know, we're not asking to move mountains and and, and trade away uh, Morgan Riley or trade away a Muzzin to make sure that Hyman's signed to that five and a half six million dollar contract. They're not talking about that. So all of a sudden, that report comes out, and Hyman goes from being the good Toronto kid who's likely to take a discount to being, you know, the villain, money hungry hockey player who Toronto. Is going to be in 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 uh, in a negotiation with? I don't know. Something to think about. Like this, this type of like dance happens a lot in the NHL. That you, you got to think about those things, right? Like when things get leaked out to these reporters and these insiders, it comes from somewhere. Whether it's from an agent, a player, a coach, a GM, like it comes from somewhere. And I can't help but think that this was kind of the Maple Leafs way of changing the narrative around them. And, like, imagine they don't sign Hyman, and they didn't have that conversation, and, and people think that he just walked. Now with this report saying that he declined a $5 million offer, now all of a sudden Leaf fans are under more understanding with the fact that they don't bring him back. Whereas without that report, now all of a sudden you know, Leafs Nation looks at, at Toronto saying, oh, they're cheap. You know, I, oh, they, they screwed up. They they went and they handed out all these massive contracts to everybody else, and now they can't afford to pay. You know, these these up and coming guys, these stars like like Zach Hyman. Well, I guess he's not neither up and coming or a star. He's now 29 and not one of their core four. But you know what I mean? A really solid player that they would like to keep. Uh, but we'll see what ends up happening. You know, still, uh, still about a month or so away from free agency, a little bit more than that. I guess six weeks away from free agency, so tons of time to uh, to try and get something, something hammered out here between the two clubs, or between the two sides, the Maple Leafs and Zach Hyman's camp. But, like I said, it's seeming a little more less likely that he will be back next season with the Maple Leafs. So keep that in mind, and uh, over the next little bit, and and going into the offseason, don't be as married to Zach Hyman, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, uh, as you were a couple of months ago. Right? So keep that in mind. All right, we'll take one more quick break when we come back. Uh, chat a little bit about what's going on in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Haven't had a, a, a playoff roundup uh, in quite some time, so we'll do that when we come back here on the Locked On Leafs podcast. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. The NHL playoffs are in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on your sports needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action, and more. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest. in Information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign in today. Use the promo code locked on and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code locked on for 50% off your first deposit at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked on Leafs podcast. Mike DiStefano, the host of this program, with you uh, on this beautiful, beautiful day. Uh, Once again, this is a daily Maple Leafs podcast, so make sure that you are subscribed for that daily Leafs content directly to your phone. Uh, So, Montreal, making it all the way to the Final Four. Who the heck would have saw that coming? Not me, because I'm pretty sure I was on the record on... If not this podcast, then on the Locked On Canadians podcast, also probably on the Locked On NHL podcast, claim that the Leafs were going to beat Montreal in, in four, five, max. Uh, I, I predicted a sweep at times and, and softened on it and said, eh, maybe Kerry will steal one game and, and they'll bring it to uh, bring it to five. Well, clearly we know what happened, uh, and the Habs won in seven. Well... Then they go ahead and they sweep the Winnipeg Jets in the second round, become the Kings of the North, and are off to Vegas to take on the Knights. So you got the Kings of the North versus the Knights, the Golden Knights of Las Vegas. It's it's a, it's a real interesting story. Um, but look, at the end of the day, I don't know about you guys, I I, I still don't have faith in Montreal. I, I just don't. Like, I they played well against Vegas, and they beat Vegas, you know, it or, uh, sorry, the Jets, they beat Winnipeg. But, like, this Vegas team is a whole nother animal. They are just a juggernaut. And if you look back at Game 1, and Game 2 is is tonight, but Game 1, I mean, the Habs, they came out firing, but weren't able to, to beat Marc-Andre Fleury. And then Vegas scores... And that was it, you know, took the wind out of the sails of Montreal because they had, what, gone seven games in a row scoring first? They hadn't given up a lead. They they led in every one of those games from game five against the Leafs on all the way to game one until Vegas scored that goal. They went seven straight, scoring the first goal, and led the entire way. They hadn't trailed in a game since game four when they got shut out by Toronto. And now the conversation is, can this team win while trailing? Can they come back in a victory? Do they have what it takes? I don't know. I don't think so. Like, I I look at Vegas, the way they're structured, and I I don't even think they played amazingly the other day either and still won 4-1. That's how scary I think that this is for Montreal. I'm going to – I'll say again, maybe Carey Price steals a game. But I'll be shocked if this goes more than five, and I think we'll see Vegas, uh, a Vegas Tampa final. That's what I'm hoping for, a Vegas Tampa final, which could be that that'd be really fun. Like that would be a heavy, well balanced series. You know, you've got two top goalies in Mark Andre Fleury, Andre Vasilevsky, two top end. Defensive pairings, defensive groupings led by guys like Victor Hedman and Alex Petrangelo, Shea Theodore, uh, Ryan McDonough. Like, you've just got studs all over the ice. And we haven't even talked about Kucherov or Braden Point or Steven Stamkos or Andre Palat or Mark Stone or Pachoretti or this guy, that guy. Like, there's just a bunch of dudes on both of those teams. And. That would just be such a fun Stanley Cup final, I think. Like if if it's not the Leafs, I think Vegas Tampa might be either Vegas Tampa or Colorado Tampa would have been my like preferred final. Um, but Tampa's got to roll through New York. Let's not already kind of put the pull the card ahead of the horse here. We've got Game Three coming up uh, tomorrow. Tampa and the Islanders. In, uh, in Long Island, and, look, the Islanders played a perfect game, one game, one, but then Tampa came back and won game two pretty easily, and to me, I, I think this one's over. Like, this one might go six games just because I think the Islanders are uh, a little bit more more of a problem than Montreal. They'll be they'll give them a little bit too much to handle at times, and they'll just kind of shut it down and, and get lucky and, and play kind of a low event physical game and, and luck into another victory here. But at the end of the day, I'm predicting a Bagus Tampa final. Um, any other big news? Let me quickly make sure that I got to, uh, to, uh, Everything here. Uh, oh, Oscar Limblom. If you guys didn't hear, uh, ended up winning the Bill Masterton Award. Limblom um, last year, what December 2019, ended up um, uh, being diagnosed with a, a super rare form of bone cancer, and then uh, returned for. I don't know. Did he return for the playoffs last year? He may return for the playoffs, actually, with with Philly. If not, he returned this year um, and played 50 games for for Philly after fighting and, and beating the cancer. Um, so, you know, this is an award for perseverance. I I wish <laughs> I wish at the beginning of the year there was a prop bet to bet on the Bill Masterton because I would put all my money on Oscar Lindblom. like that that I, I knew this was you know obviously I knew the story this happened a while ago and uh, I knew that he was returning and and that's that is perseverance at its finest you know go fights a very rare form of cancer bone cancer fights back lose a bunch of weight through the whole chemo process, and then gets back onto the ice, works his way back into the NHL, and goes on to have a 50-game season with the Flyers. So uh, I just did want to mention that and give him a big congratulations. And uh, lastly, Jar Gallant um, finding his way with the New York Rangers. Good hire, smart hire. I actually really, really like it. Um, I think Gallant's a good coach. We just saw him perform really well with Team Canada. Uh, they kind of ran the table after a slow start to the tournament, won gold. And it was a good mix of, like, vets and youth on that team. And I think that's pretty well what you're going to see with the Rangers. Right? You got your veterans uh, like Panarin, like Zibanejad, um, But you also got your youth guys like Adam Fox and Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco you know and, and Gallant wasn't afraid to play his young guys I think Owen Power that the projected top pick in this year's draft who played for Canada started the tournament only playing I think it was like 17-18 minutes a game as a, as a third-parent defenseman and by the end of the tournament he was like their number one guy 25-26 minutes a game it was insane so you know Gerard Gallant not afraid to mix things up. Not afraid to to play his young young players. And I mean, he took the Vegas Golden Knights to a Stanley Cup final like two, three years ago. So he's not far off from having a lot of success in the NHL. And I look at this Rangers roster. I believe they're extremely talented. Extremely talented. They've got the goaltender Shosturkin. Um, they've got some good defense led by Adam Fox. You know, Jacob Truba's on that squad. They got uh, uh, Zach Jones, who just came up from from college. They got that Russian kid, Niels Long. Like, they're loaded when it comes to youth on the back end. And then up front, Panarin, one of the best offensive wingers in the league to go along with Zabenejad, Lafreniere, Capo Ka- uh, Caco. I think Ryan Strom is a UFA this year, but they should probably try and bring him back because he's had a lot of success. They're a good squad. Really good squad. I pegged them to make the playoffs this year and was kind of, uh, it didn't happen. I think that was partially because, well, Dan Quinn wasn't able to get it done. I thought that he he misused a lot of, of his players. He had guys like Kako, guys like Lafreniere playing on the third and fourth line. I, I didn't understand the usage. And now you bring in a guy like Gallant, not afraid to play whoever's the best. Right? Youth... Doesn't matter, you know, if you're a vet, if you're a young guy, if you are deserving of minutes, you will get those minutes. And I think that's the way that it's got to be with New York. they got a lot of talent, and uh, the cream will rise to the top. All right. Uh, I think that's to do it for me here today on the Locked On Lease podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Lease podcast um, on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leaves content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Lease. I'll be back with an episode tomorrow, guys. But until then, keep locked right here on Locked On Leaves.